You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. Hundreds of thousands of Turkish residents remain in shelters a year after the country's deadliest earthquake. Last week, the country commemorated the first anniversary of the earthquake that killed more than 50,000 people in Turkey, some 5,900 in Syria, and left over 3 million people without housing. Earthquake survivors say they feel neglected by Turkey's government. For more on this, we're joined on the line by the Turkish ambassador to South Africa, Asagul Kandas. A very good morning to you, ma'am, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ms. Candice, how are the citizens of Turkey and, and Syria reflecting on the month since the incident on February the 6th, 2023, and how are they picking up the pieces? Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Uh, it's a tough time, as you know, and it was the, uh, the disaster of the century, as termed by our president one year ago. Recovery and reconstruction efforts continue. As you know, these two earthquakes uh, have kicked the country really hard. Turkish people, uh, we are still wounded and we are still trying to recover the whole country. As you know, 11 cities were affected. An area of 120,000 square kilometers was affected. This is more than the area the size of Holland, the Netherlands, for instance. And so uh, the total number of people evacuated from the area uh, of, you know, 14 million people was three and a half million. They were immediately taken into dorms, you know, public facilities, university dorms and all that stuff, most of them, and then the rest in France. Now, and then later in container cities. So our president promised to uh, give all these earthquake victims houses. So the reconstruction efforts started in areas that were uh, safer. Do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? In yeah. areas around the, uh, the, in the rural side, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so on the 6th of February, To keep the promise, our president and the relevant ministers started to travel in the region, started with Kahraman Marash, which was the epicenter of the earthquake of 7.6 and 7.7 earthquakes. And um, a total of, I think, uh, more than 70,000 flats need to be distributed to the earthquake victims. That's all free of charge. So in every city, the handovers of those started so fast. I think more than six cities have been covered. Every day, my president is going to another uh, city in the region and handing out uh, flats. For instance, five days ago, Adıyaman, one of the cities, 2,800 flats were handed over. This is among 
the total of 35,000 flats that will be completed until the end of this year. So what I mean is it's an ongoing process. The reconstruction efforts, it's, the, you know, it's a big process. Mm. And the people who are still in container uh, houses will eventually, gradually, be transferred into the uh, those flats, those houses that are constructed in the region. Yes. While all these people have been staying, the government has been paying them. Uh, rent support, you know, to, you know, just to subsidize them. That's right. Uh, so this is an ongoing effort. How are they, you ask me, how are they picking up the pieces? Mm-hmm. The, you know, you can demolish buildings, right? You can demolish, uh, buildings can be demolished. Uh, the buildings can be reconstructed, no problem, over time all these, but how do you heal the wounds of people who have lost their families and relatives? How do you, you know, how do you recover all those orphans in the region? So that will take time. Yes. I think so, I think it's the trauma yes. so, that's so, more important. So, so we talk about housing, but can you provide updates on the progress made in uh, rebuilding these communities, particularly in terms of the infrastructure such as schools, hospitals, and other essential facilities? I would like to say, uh, first of all, the numbers are huge. Uh, 2.5 million people immediately after the earthquake Last year, 2.5 million people were put into winter tanks. Then, most of them were transferred to container cities. Uh, so, among all these, let's say, and, and as you know, 35,000 search and rescue personnel was deployed to the region, 11 1,500 of them came from the international community in the countries, including South Africa. 90 countries, 9-0, 90 countries came to our rescue with their search and rescue uh, teams. We are very grateful for that. And then, as I said, 200,000, 200,000, 250 buildings got severely damaged. Which, which means those buildings need to be rebuilt. But uh, 39,000 buildings were completely demolished. So this is the situation that we are dealing with. And then we have, since then, uh, the, the government has committed to, first of all, building 70,000 houses total Every month, there's an average number of buildings to be handed over to the earthquake victims. So there's a target every month, you know. So February, of course, with our president, these houses were, you know, for instance, in one city, 7,000 7, houses were handed over with a ceremony. You know, every, every day something is happening. But from now on, every month, on average, a certain amount, I think more than 10,000 flats will be handed over. There's a very uh, ambitious target to be met because 
we are running out of time. And uh, the healing actually will definitely be much better if those people, those families, will be put into their houses. The healing will be much better once everybody in the region, you know, once people will go back to to work, right? Uh, they were mostly SMEs in the region. And as you know, Hatay, the region Hatay and Antakya, where all the churches were, the history was, was completely erased, almost completely erased from the map. So there's also more to do with, uh, you know, building offices, workplaces, and schools. And I would like to mention with pride that there are two tent schools still functioning in Hatay, donated by South Africa. So if, if I may, I don't know if I have time, I want to mention what South Africa did for the Turkish people. Please do. And the Turkish state, if you allow me. Please do. Please do. Go ahead. So the South African government, first of all, there was an emergency uh, appeal, emergency uh, disaster appeals. The UN emergency appeal, okay, right after, immediately after the earthquake, because it was realized this is like the biggest, one of the biggest uh, earthquakes in the world. And to that, South Africa responded with 5 million rands in cash, right? Then, through our coordination efforts, the Turkish embassy with Turkish airlines cargo flights every single day to Turkey, we were able to transfer a total of 180 tons of in-kind assistance, which is collected from generous South Africans, South African government, the health department donated 10 tons of PPE equipment, okay? Masks, for instance, because there's a lot of dead people, so you need you know, masks for the rescue personnel. And he, uh, 10,000, uh, 10 tons. Then, uh, among the stuff transported all the way from South Africa was winter tents, mobile toilets, generators, heaters. Remember, it was minus five, minus six degrees in winter. And then, uh, a generous businessman from South Africa, donated two big tents, 1,000 square meters each, 26 tons. It was so hard, believe me, to transport it with Turkish Airlines cargo flight because it's normally shipment, you know. <laughs> you can't transport. Uh, anyway, so it took us one month, I am proud to say, and the Turkish army set it up, set the two tents up, in 10 days, it took them 10 days. I am proud to say, in one small district of Hatay called Dirt Yol, there are two schools now, and there's the South African flag and the word Ubuntu at the entrance. I would love to invite all our South African friends who love to go to Turkey as tourists to also visit Hatay and visit the tent that is now 
a Turkish uh, that is now a symbol of Turkish-South African friendship. And it says on that label, this is a gift from the South African people to the Turkish people. It was done through the efforts of AFGAF SA and through a very generous uh, South African businessman. Mm-hmm. So that's very important for me to say because we are grateful. It is, there, are, there are two schools now still functioning perfectly well. That's wonderful. And, uh, and another thing, through the embassy donation accounts, you know, earthquake relief accounts, um, a total of 4.5 million rands was collected. I have to say, all this aid, total aid, from South Africa, point to uh, one of the biggest aid in Africa, among the African countries, to Turkey. So I can't express enough how grateful we are to the South African people and its government. But how optimistic are you that Turkey will manage to rebuild itself? And how is the country preparing itself for such natural disasters in the near future? That's a very important question. We come back to culture. And I find it very similar to South African culture. Turkish people are resilient. There's the Ubuntu spirit in our communities. South African people, when they go to Turkey, notice that. There's a lot of Ubuntu spirit, meaning solidarity, you know, helping each other, all that stuff. So that has helped us to keep up the hope, okay? So how optimistic? I am completely optimistic. It just needs some time. And then uh, the earthquake. Okay, Turkey is in a, uh, as you know, is is in an earthquake zone. There are two big fault lines. One was that region. So we have seen near Istanbul uh, the 1999 uh, earthquake, 17th of August. That took uh, away around 17,000 people. Uh, And since then, there there has been earthquake regulations, you know, for buildings in place. But we realized there was a problem with implementation by contractors and constructors. So there are buildings we have seen in the region. One building built according to the earthquake zone regulations uh, that is completely intact, surviving the earthquake, next to it, a completely demolished building. So it is easy to understand. There there are problems with implementation, not with the regulations. The regulations are intact. Since the earthquake, what has happened was, has been like this. Even Uh, I have to say, my house, I'm not from the earthquake zone, I'm from Istanbul. Uh, In all cities in Turkey, uh, the municipality started to look into the houses. Okay, there's an investigation that has been started. Those buildings that are labeled as uh, not built uh, in accordance with the, uh, the standards need to be demolished and built again including my own flat 
uh, in an apartment building of 10 floors in Ankara. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? It's an ongoing effort. It will take time. And it is important that we become a country like Japan. You know, Japan is in the earthquake zone. Many earthquakes happen, and you don't see too many demolished buildings. So that's all we need to do. Ambassador, I thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to the invitation to Turkey. (laughs) Invitation? (laughs) Perfect. I would love you to come to the earthquake zone and make a piece of news on it. Wonderful. So let's talk about it later. That's Thank right. you. Thank you. That was the Turkish ambassador to South Africa, Ambassador Asagul Kandas, reflecting on the devastating incident that took place on the 6th of February 2023, both in Turkey and Syria. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.